Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode was brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the Kids on Bikes role-playing game rules by Jonathan Gilmore and Doug Lewandowski. All content, including names, places, events, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. And now, let's get to the fun. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, normally, but tonight we're doing something a little different. And so I'm going to hand the show and the reins of it over to our uh, storyteller or a uh, member of the story who is in charge of it. And that would be Miranda. So Miranda, take it away. Thank you, Mike. Yes, it is me, Miranda. Normally your beloved Maggie Bellinger, but tonight I am in charge of wrangling our players in Kids on Bikes. So why don't we go around the table and do some introductions to my right. Hi, I'm Rena, and I'm playing Lexi Barrett, and I have a new admirer who may or may not be a vampire. And uh, across the table for me? Uh, yes, I'm Al, and I'm playing Greg Ramirez. And to my left. Yeah, so that's me bringing up the rear, as it were. My name is Mike, and I am playing Travis Royson, who is desperately desperately trying to connect all of the Illuminati webs that seem to be appearing one after the other. So when we last left our intrepid teens in a car, they were headed out, led by Hugo, to the area that he recalls was where this possible cult last. Uh, he knew that they were leading their rituals and so on and so forth. And the way that you are traveling does seem familiar. It's a way that you've probably traveled a number of the times, uh, especially one Lexi. You are on the road, headed just out of town. It would seem towards the outlet mall. Mall? Are you sure? What is this thing you call mall? The place where you shop? They don't even have any good stores, though. Well, I mean, they have... If Office Max, and there's all sorts of things at Office Max. Prices are right. Office Max? Listen, I, kn I know, right? You're not into it, but like Office Max has computer parts, and it's kind of my thing, at least a little bit. And plus, notepads. I mean, post it notes. Have you seen the bunker? Post it notes? Yeah, you do go through an entire country's worth of post it notes in three months. It's important. I mean, how am I supposed to remember how this... I know, you need it for your murder board. It's not a murder board. No one's getting killed. Well, wait, actually, that's not true, I suppose. Uh-huh. It's a murder board now. Yeah, but he's not doing the killings. That, that no, but it's, it's like in the, in, the, in the cop shows where they do the connections to try and find the person who's doing the murdering. See? It's a murder board. Okay, yeah, in that sense, it is a murder board. Right, but in this sense, we're the ones that... We're the yarn. We're connecting the clues. It better be wool, not acrylic. Now, Lexi, as you are driving, hands on 10 and 2, super safe because you've already wrecked a number of cars. Maybe on the lookout for it's late at night, deer darting out into the street. And this is a country road because the outlet ball's oddly pretty far outside of town. So there aren't many lights. You notice a cat on the side of the road, but not one cat you notice the same cat, it seems like multiple times as you're driving, watching you drive past. 
Uh, Hugo? Yes. Repeating cats, is that a cult thing? Or is that a you thing? I definitely don't have cats, but that may be a cult thing. Hold on, I, I learned English language by surfing the interweb before you guys got to home. AOL, very slow. Um, not uh, cult, but um, familiar. What? Like, do you, do you mean Salem? Like, the teenage witch's cat? Yes, I did watch clips from uh, that show. It was playing on TV. Very funny cat stir the cauldron. Uh, yes, uh, just like that. Oh, dear. Are these funny cats? Well, it depends on the cat. Every cat has own personality. I don't like to pigeonhole cats into a specific... don't like to make assumptions about cats. Yeah, but these cats all look the same. Well, probably the same cat, then. You think it's nice? That's weird, Hugo. Well, it might be weird. Some people might say I am weird. I'm just telling you, a cat is probably familiar. You're probably being watched. That's very encouraging. Thank you, Hugo. By a witch? Uh, yes. Well, uh, maybe if that's what you call them witches, then yes, possibly. Do the cult have witches in it? Probably traditionally. Traditionally, yes. Oh. What do familiars do, Hugo? Is it like on, on the TV? Uh, well, familiar right now seems to be watching us. Yes, but can it do other things? I need to know if it's going to, like, turn into a dinosaur or explode or something. Oh, no, they don't do explosion or dinosaur things. Hugo, you are so literal. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. I'm keeping an eye out for cats now, because now I'm my paranoia has been triggered pretty hard, and so now I need to see where the cats are. Yeah, and you, you do see this same cat with distinct black and white markings seemingly following you watching you as you drive past maybe we should ask the cat for directions it might be a nice cat he said some cats are nice like like Salem sure but it's the same cat right why would we ask a cat for directions they can't talk familiars probably can right like Salem but that's a TV show, Greg. Well, and not TV shows. Usually cats don't show up like this, like repeating. So maybe you can talk. Now, as you're having this discussion about the cats and you're looking out for them and you are slightly distracted, something appears in the road in front of the car and it's dark out, so you probably wouldn't see it until the headlights hit it. You see in front of you the outline of three teenagers. One of them, a very distinct six foot one female. You see Samantha flanked by one Jesse and one Melody. Now, is this like a slam on the brakes moment? Yeah. It might be. So I'm gonna slam on the brakes. Roll me a flight, flight check. Okay. Which is kind of a measure of your dexterity. Is a d12, which I have not used in a very long time. That is an 11. 
Okay, yes. So you are able to uh, slam on the brakes just in time, as you have done many times when you were distracted driving, and are able to come to a skidded halt in front of Jesse, Melody, and Samantha. And as your lights show upon them, something doesn't seem right. They seem dirty. Like they're just absolutely covered in dirt, almost as if they have risen from the ground itself. Greg, it's Night of the Living Dead. Holy shit. Oh shit. Hugo's good at reading people, right? Yeah. I'd like him to be good at reading what's going on here. Boys, um, uh, uh, people, uh, friends, um, I, I, those look like uh, your uh, undead friends there. Uh, I'm, I'm worried they have been sent, uh, sent to, to inter- intervene, to interfere with us. Well, we gotta make them, I don't know, not undead, but regular alive. On undead? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that is not one of my powers that was drawn out of deck of cards. <laughs> so unless you know how to undead the undead before they make us the dead, uh, then I think we got problem here. While they're walking, we're, we're driving. I can't just hit them with my car. And they start to approach the car. Guys, what do I do? Do I talk to them? Do you think they're actually dead? What do I do? I think you go around them. We got to get to this place. Okay, so I will try and drive around them. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They do seem to be taking up the road. Are you going to veer off the road to get around them? Uh, Jump the curb. Do it. It's a dirt road. There's no curb. There's like a ditch on, a small ditch on either side of the road. I don't want to go in the ditch because I don't get my next report card for another two months. So, okay, if I have to, I'll hit Jesse because... I don't like him anyway. All right, so you're going to veer to the side uh, that is Jesse. Uh, go ahead and roll me a flight check. <laughs> and we're going to do this opposed. It's a 12. Okay. Was so, that on a d12? Yeah. Okay, so that means your dice explodes. So you get to roll again. Yeah. 10, so that do I add them? Mm-hmm. It's 22. Cool, so I'm gonna roll <laughs> flight to maybe evade the car. Uh-oh. So I rolled a four, and you rolled a 22. Now, as an example of this, hmm. uh, from the rules... Oh, no. Uh, attacker's roll, if the attacker's roll is greater by ten or more, which yours is, uh-huh. the defender is dead, oh. or quite nearly dead. Uh-oh. So you have full control over the narrative at this point. You can explain what the defender does in response to your attack and how ineffective that response is. So I'm going to be like driving towards them and I'm like making a calculated decision, like looking, there's ditches. I can't go in a ditch because if they are zombies, we'll get stuck. And what if the car gets, gets broken down or explodes or something? Um, so I'm going to... Uh, I turn the wheel towards Jesse because I never liked him anyway. He wouldn't pander. Um, And so uh, I'll swerve around towards him and as it goes towards him I will close my eyes so that I don't have to see it and just I will uh, drive right over him. And and you hear the sound of his body thumping underneath your tires and and underneath the car. Oh! That's gross. Play later, Jesse. Didn't happen. 
didn't see it, so it didn't happen. How are how are Samantha and Melody reacting? Are they reacting at all? No, that's a good question. So as you are going, uh, as you as you're driving over Jesse, you come close enough to Samantha and Melody for them to actually grab onto your car, and so Samantha grabs the front door handle to pull it over, open the passenger side handle, whereas Melody grabs the rear passenger door to pull it open. You better have locked your doors, guys. Who's sitting in the front and who's sitting in the back? Oh, I, I think that I'm probably sitting up front next to Lexi just because I, I'm a little worried about um, long my long-lost family member getting a little too close on these bench seats to her. <laughs> um, and also, you know, he can Greg can probably keep a handle on him in the back, just make sure nothing gets out of hand. He's a little stronger than I am. Yeah, Greg would definitely be in the back so he can share a can of corn with you guys. So would Greg be behind Lexi then, or behind Travis? Probably behind Travis. Okay, so then you're both on the passenger side. And Melody and Samantha have grabbed onto the windows and go to pull open, or grabbed onto the door handles and are going to pull open the door. Now, this 80s station wagon did not have automatic locks. Nope. And I somehow doubt that you would have locked the locks, but if you would like to see if you would have locked the locks, we'll call it a we'll just call it a grit roll. No, I probably didn't lock it. Yeah, no, it's cool. I was a I was a teenager in the early to mid two thousands too, so and in a late eighties station wagon I would not have locked the doors. Uh so the doors then uh, come open and Samantha and Melody are reaching in at you, trying to pull you out. I told you they were zombies! We've got a Code Romero! Code Romero! I'm gonna yell at Melody. Melody, no! We're trying to un-undead you, and we can't do that if you... We have to run over you like Jesse. Get out of here! Is that a... Are you trying to charm your way into Lenny? I am trying to charm her into Lenny. <laughs> Uh, sure, yeah, go ahead and roll your charm. I got a 20. And I rolled another 19. So it's a 39. Well, I also got a 20 on grit. Ooh. And a 4. So tell me how this goes with you charming your way into Melody letting you free. Melody seems to have been taken in an undead way, right? Zombie-like. But the little connection she had with Greg, Greg did kind of like Melody. She seems to recognize as he as he's speaking to her. And they have should share a little connection for a moment before Melody lets go and uh, lets herself uh, tumble off the car, I guess waiting to see what the kids on bikes are going to do next to try and save her. And as she tumbles off the car, uh, a little, like, a slip of notebook paper falls out of uh, one of her jacket pockets, and it, it has a doodle on it that she drew that said, Melody plus Greg equals the number four ever, because she had a little crush on Greg, too. 
All right, and then uh, Travis, you got Samantha coming in the door at you. I am going to, yeah, I guess I'm going to try to, <laughs> I don't want anything bad to happen to her, but obviously she's in a terrible, terrible way at this point. And it's pretty clear from, at least from the sound of what happened uh, a little bit earlier, uh, it's fairly clear anyway that um, that Jesse is still crunchy. So I can only assume that Sam is also undead and likely a little crunchy if we get him under the wheels. Uh, so, uh, so I'll uh, I'll push back on the door here, just to like I know she's trying to get in. So basically, what I'm going to try to do is force the door out and then force the door back in. Like with if it's a station wagon, it's probably got either uh, like the big bulky handle at the bottom, or it's got like this long like leather strap. Yeah, that's attached to the door. So I've got hopefully something to pull on, um, because really what I want to do is I want to make sure that my st- my friends stay protected. So are you trying to then knock her kind of? Yeah, try to knock her loose a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping yeah. with the speed we're going at, you know, that's sort of thing. Yeah, we'll call that a fight roll. All right, D12. So that is a nine plus my one is 10. Okay, so I rolled a one against your 10, which is uh, luckily that's only greater by nine. So uh, the defender is badly hurt. They're unconscious or will be badly concussed when they wake up. Something like, you know, the bone is like, you, they, they get hurt to a point where they're not dead, but they're incapacitated. So when, when she does break loose the door, then she collapses a bit under the car. And it's probably those long volleyball player legs that get trapped under the back wheels for just a second as we continue our forward momentum. And as you look back in the side view mirror, she's kind of dragging herself along, but uh, without her, with her legs being a little crushed, she cannot keep up with you. Uh, as you head on towards the mall. Damn it. Damn it. She'll never make state like this. Not even zombie state. I don't know what I'm saying, guys. We just, I just ran over somebody, but he was dead already. Well, then, 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 then he, uh, he, he, he wasn't a he, he was, he was, uh, he was dead already. So, uh, I don't even know what I'm saying. That's so weird. And we don't even know if we can make them un un undead because they're already dead and then made undead and we have to make them undead again. So I don't know. Just don't worry about it for right now. Maybe they're only mostly dead. Yeah. Right. Which is, which is slightly alive. We'll figure it out. That there's a difference between mostly dead and all dead. Right. So, okay. Keep going, I guess. And I'm just gonna drive through any more zombies if we see them. Yes, I do believe that would be best course of action. You're really helpful, Hugo. Oh, you're welcome and thank you for the compliment. I really appreciate it. Okay, yeah, so you just go up here and uh, take take the next right, um, and then a little... You see those... Uh, there's a glowing in the distance. I believe it's coming from the glowing. Uh, and you know that glowing to be the walkway lights at the local outlet, outlet mall. Are you sure there's a cult here? I mean, are they hiding out in the local Oshkosh? Like... Wait, have you ever been to the Gap store? The Gap is a cult, right? Um, well, by gosh, I don't know what this Oshkosh thing is, but... <laughs> um, 
No, this is just general area where they used to... Like I said, it was a long time ago. Uh, it could be that they have put something else here. This this is where they have a dollar store. It's where you go get groceries. You're making me sad, sir, Greg. And if I if I get any sadder, I'm going to ruin my mascara. So please stop. I didn't think I needed the waterproof stuff today. It'll be all right. Just just get us there. Get us to the outlet mall and and uh, find a place to park. As you pull into an almost entirely empty, massive parking lot uh, at the outlet mall, as it is late now and the mall should be closed, so it's strange that it is a lit. Hmm. Yeah, this place should be shut down. Not even the cleaning crew's here this late. Maybe there's monsters in the basement. Maybe. Maybe. I step out of the car. Oh, wow. Yeah, this has got to be a piece of Jesse over here. Make it go away. I'm going to kind of like use my shoe and kind of kick something un- unknown off of the front of the car. These bumpers are solid as a rock, though. Yeah, I might have trouble crashing this one appropriately. Oh, is that blood? Oh, no, it's more than that. Gross. Yeah, we're, we're lucky if that's only blood. Ew. Hey, hey, I got something that'll make you feel better, though, Lexi. Is it a snake in a peanut can? No. It's peanuts. <laughs> you know I'm allergic. Just, just open it. I know what you're doing. Just open it. And I know you're trying to make me feel better. So I, uh, trying not to cry and ruin my mascara, I hold the can away and, and open it. Yeah, a little thing pops out and flies in Lexi's face. <laughs> <laughs> now, this outlet mall is like some in the United States, at least the local outlet mall here is it's an open air mall. So in this one in particular, the stores are arranged in a circular pattern. Hmm. There's a large like courtyard in the middle. Uh, there's a little tree growing up through the middle of it. And there are a number of crisscrossing pathways connecting various sides of the circular outlet mall. It's such a lame mall. It doesn't even have an orange Julius. Oh, no, they just put one in. Ah. Is it a combination of orange Julius Dairy Queen? No, not yet. Oh. Give it a few years. Gotcha. Uh, Is there anything else we should know, Hugo? Well, um, I don't know. It has been a long time, so I am not sure who is in charge now or what's going on. That's very helpful. But uh, no matter what, I I have your back. If I have to, I will throw my body in front of a bullet for you. Oh, thank you. It's nice to know someone has my back. Anything to protect Lady Lexi. Ah, uh, get used to this, not gonna lie. Just add him to the list of people who are, who are ready to off themselves for you. <laughs> I make a note. <laughs> so what are we up to on that list, Travis? There's 25 at this point. Oh, nice. Better than I thought. Like the modern Helen of Troy. Mm, except prettier. So we have a cult to find. 
Yeah, this is gonna go great, sending three teenagers after a cult that murders kids. Great. Great. There's no downsides to this plan. Not at all. We can't always launch a thousand ships. Uh, and dollar store? Oshkosh? Should we go check it out? Anyone got a giant wooden horse that we could just wheel in there? No, but come to think of it, there is probably one of the uh, garbage bins around here that has those wheels on the bottom. We could just remove the bags and then cart people around in that. I'm not getting in a wheelie bin. Why? Did you see what I'm wearing? This is Ralph Lauren. Oh, all right. Fair enough. Ugh. And these are my only tennis shoes, and I can't mess them up or Mom will get mad. I know we don't even know where they are. We have to go find out where they are at the very least. Hmm. All right, so let's just do a little deduction. Let's work clockwise. We start at one point and work our way around. It's a big circle. We got the, the dollar store. Right. Um, we got the Oshkosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, got the Orange Julius. Orange Julius. Sure. Spencer's. Yep. Hot Topic. Radio Shack. There's that earring place. What is it? Uh, Afterthoughts. So we just go searching around until we assemble a bunch of, bunch of cultists. Hope they're not in Sears. We should probably check the Sears first. That place is just so low budget. It's never going to last. Um, I got my prom dress from Sears, and I, Miranda, feel personally attacked by that statement. <laughs> I didn't know Sears yeah. sold prom dresses. Oh, yeah, they used to, yeah. yeah. Like oh, in they the did. Harvard yeah. Staple. <laughs> I, when I think of Sears, I think of more of a appliances and, like, tools than... No. No, they they had actual clothes, but their problem was they were about 10 to 15 years behind the current trends every time they did a refresh. Mm-hmm. And so no one ever bought from them, yeah. really, because it was behind trend and they weren't any cheaper than JCPenney. Fantastic. So, yes, there yeah. has to be a JCPenney here. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely a JCPenney. And they're at opposite ends. Yep. So Sears is, Sears is on this side and JCPenney's on the other. Yeah, that's how that works. So yeah, it's a it's a really question whether we start at the JC Penny or we start at the Sears. I think we have to start at the Sears side. Okay. Start at Sears so we can get it over with. I hope I don't smell like poor person afterward. It's better than smelling like the front of your car. You know, some people might have less of a household income than your family. It might be really great people, you know? Who? You know, just some Guys that don't have cell phones. Um, it's it's not making sense, Greg. What are what are you trying to say? No, never mind. I'll talk about it later. Let's just find this cult. So I imagine that this conversation is happening just outside of the station wagon in the parking lot, of, of which you've parked not super close. You're kind of mid range to the back of, under the one light in the parking lot. But as you get closer to the outlet mall, um, you realize it's not going to be as much of a matter of which end that you're going to start at, because you can, upon approach, immediately hear the sounds of chanting voices and see light that flickers as if a thousand candles are lit. Well, that escalated quickly. That makes it way easier. Yeah. Okay, so where is it coming from? 
as you approach the outlet mall, it would seem that the chanting is coming from that like central courtyard area. You know, the middle of the circular arrangement of stores with approximately five <laughs> crisscrossing <laughs> baths. Oh, fantastically convenient. I forgot all about that. Oh, we should have gotten an aerial view, view of that mall. Travis, why didn't you get an aerial view of that mall? It would have made it onto your murder board. Well, you know, I, I haven't been able to invest enough as far as the plane goes or or you know, getting uh, weather balloons set up. I'm still working on some of that stuff. All right. Well, so do we just go in and start kicking people in the shins? What does one do when one is interrupting a cult? I don't know. I think we got to go see if they're they're about to hurt anybody else and we got to save those people. And then we got to access some of their dark magic, right? And once we access their dark magic, we can reverse some of it. Yeah, it sounds like a good plan. Um you you know that when you get into the dark magic it usually corrupts you, right? Like we've seen the movies. If you reverse it, it's good. It's like light magic like Gandalf. Which Gandalf gray or white? Like, probably both. They're both good guys. Yeah, but Grandolf the White is much cooler. Like Gandalf the White, though. Okay. As long as it's not Saruman the White part, because you know he was actually many colors, and then that was just bad. Right. Okay, Hugo, what do we do to stop the cult? Uh oh, yes. <laughs> we must be quiet. <laughs> we cannot just be yelling, Hugo, Hugo. What do we do about the cult? I don't know. Also, why is your name Hugo? Were you reading Les Miserables when you were trapped in there for 250 years? It would probably take you that long to get through the book. Well, yeah, I mean, it has good reread value, some would say. But that neither here nor there. Well, we'll talk about the sewer systems of Paris later. Uh, how do we stop a cult? Oh, I don't know that. I think we gotta head up there. And then if they got some magic in like a book or something, then maybe Hugo can help us steal it or help save the people. Well, yeah, a book is a really common thing for witches to have. Hey, Hugo, you said that you can alter people's memories, right? Or make people forget things? Oh, yes, I can. It does, it does drain me of energy a bit, but yes, I can change people's memory and plant memory. What if we, we can find out who's who's ever leading this cult and we can have Hugo help them forget how to cast this spell or do this ritual. Uh, well, uh, see, I have the, uh, cannot pronounce word. It starts with an M and an N. So that's always confusing for Hugo language. Uh, memopathy. Uh, so I have the ability to create false memories and others. The victim will believe these memories. Absolutely. Wait, we could just put you a point to Lexi in control of the cult. You could just have the cult leader think that you're in charge. You could shut the whole thing down. Oh, that could be a good idea. Okay, yes, it's possible. We're going to have to get close to them, though. Yeah. So we're going to need a distraction, I turn to Greg. I need the biggest distraction you can think of. Okay. All right, let's go see how they're set up. I've got an idea. Don't worry about it. Don't ask me any other details. Perfect. It sounds great. I love it. <laughs> if I'm a cult leader, do I have to wear robes? You're a leader. You wear whatever you want. Okay, then I can work with that. 
so you may find that answer to that question momentarily. Uh, as you approach the uh, peeking around uh, the sides of a building to get a glimpse at this center courtyard, and you uh, see before you what must be a thousand lit black candles encircling the tree at the center of the courtyard and dancing in a circle uh, around uh, this tree as well are many well-known adults from the community, including, but not limited to, Principal Rolf, Miss Poole, Mayor Ellis Graves, Kitty McRaven, I believe is the new librarian, the owners of Salvatore's Pizza, Mr. and Mrs. Salvatore, completely naked, dancing in a circle around this central tree. Oh, wow, that's weird. Ew. You're so old. I know, but you can just tell them to put their clothes back on. That's going to be my first thing when I'm running this cult. Oh, I can tell all the adults what to do for once. The first thing is going to be to put some fucking clothes on. Don't tell my mom I said that word. She doesn't know I know it. (laughs) Okay, Craig. All right. Yeah, I'm heading over to the other side. Uh, Craig's going to go around to the other side of this little group of people, and he's going to set off a bunch of fireworks that he has in his backpack. Love it. There's going to have to be a distraction beyond the fireworks, I think. Maybe just a momentary one. Well, Greg's also planning on popping out and saying, hey, everybody, look over here. Sure, sure. Who's leading the ritual? Uh, it would appear to be uh, Principal Roll. Huh? And upon uh, seeing this site, uh, Hugo would say, oh, there, that's, that is Rolf. He is, he still lives here? He's still alive? Still lives here? He is one who imprisoned me 150 to 200 years ago. Oh, well, that makes sense, because he's always been an evil son of a bitch. Uh, okay, so the rumors were right, except, uh, you know, it's not Mr. Watson who's the spook, it's him. Okay, that explains a lot, though. And the positively Victorian attitudes, also that. Okay, so how how far distance-wise from, like, say, the um, beginning of that pathway where we're at towards the center is it? We'll say 30 yards. So it's roughly 100 feet, give or take. So if Greg is going to be... is he, Greg, are you going around on the inside of the mall area, or are you going back out and, like, around all the way on the outside? Back out and around. Okay. So if he's going back out and around, we need Lexi and Milo here. i got to find something to do with myself. Um, so if they've, if they're naked... Right, and I'm having to come to grips with the entirety of like the school administrative board and several teachers and shop owners and whatnot, mayors, etc., being naked. Yeah, they must have shed their clothes somewhere nearby. Can I see where any? Are there any? If it's a, if it's a thousand black candles in this really powerful, you know, setup. Um, yeah, where are their clothes? Go ahead and roll me. Just roll brains. Brains. That is a 15. Yes. So 
you do spot their clothes folded uh, nearby um, on some like benches. There's benches lined up, and their clothes are all neatly folded mm-hmm. there. There's also some robes uh, that seems to be that as they were encircling the tree, the tree that they kind of threw off their robes. So their clothes are to the side, their robes are around them. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I look at Lexi and say, you and Hugo stay here and prepare for the big distraction Greg's got planned. I'm going to go see if I can get my hands on the the, uh, principal's clothes. As long as they're not on the principal. I think it's pretty clear that they're not on the principal. Okay, well, I meant your hands, but okay. So yeah, I'm going to kind of belly crawl over to the uh, clothes piles. And what I want to see is if the principal has, or if, or if the mayor, if I can tell if they wear specific types of clothing or identifiable clothing, because what I'd like to do is get, do I see like the chief of police here or? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So all the big hitters are here. I'm going to try to collect as many cellular devices as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. As many Nokias as you can fit in one backpack. You bet. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. And because you are kind of crawling over to do this, I'm going to have you roll me a flight check. Okay. D10. Oh, that is a 10. Uh, That's a 2. That's a 12. Well, that's perfect because none of them rolled... I gave them three rolls to match you, but none of them rolled above a nine. So, yeah, you are able to sneak over and um, you notice around you there's a lot of, like, birds and rats. You you assume they're familiars are also here. Oh, my. But you are able to sneak past them unseen. Nice. And are pulling Nokia phones out of clothes piles. So what I'm going to do basically is, because I would imagine anyway, that Travis is the sort of person who's got contact information, research information in his in his memory banks. And if it's all local folks here who are caught up in this, I think what Greg is going to do is he's going to, um, he's not going to call 911 because... Obviously, if the chief of police is here, they'll just disregard it. So what he'll do is he'll go higher up on the food chain and he'll call the state or federal people. And he's just going to dial their numbers from the phones and basically war dial or prank call them from this location geographically, knowing that because, of course, they have satellites in space, they can triangulate his location. And so he's betting on the system that he is constantly concerned about acting for him rather than him having to fight it. Okay, cool. Yeah, roll me a, we'll roll a grit for that. Grit. That's a d8. That is a six. That may come into play later, depending on how the scenario goes. Awesome. Cool. That's what I'm doing. Uh, so you, as you are over grabbing cell phones, uh, Travis has snuck off to do his big distraction. What's Lexi doing with Hugo? Greg, Greg moved. Oh yeah, sorry. To get Greg the went to get, do the distraction. Travis is. So your names are so generic. 
you would think it's easier to tell generic names apart, but I just have generic name one, generic name two in my it's head. Okay. 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 So how close do you have to be, Hugo, to change memories? Oh, pretty close. I have to touch them. Huh. Have to touch all of them to make them think that I'm the cult leader. Yes, also, um, if you uh, don't remember, I can refresh memory. I have eight power tokens, and it will take 2d4 to change a memory or to implant a memory. Uh, the power tokens, that's how I just, how that is how I describe my stamina level. <laughs> you need the leader. You need the leader and say, you need to back off, right? Maybe we can get the the principal's the one who locked you up, though. Yes, he was a very powerful warlock. So it might be hard for you to change his memory, huh? Well, I don't know. We could see. I do have special power to do And last time he had the upper hand because he was paying me, so I did not see it coming. I'll see that was your first mistake. Yes. Now Never I don't trust the customer. That's trust what my dad no says. One. Oh, yeah, that's the same thing. Well, you can trust me, Hugo. Oh, I know. I, I can trust you until the end, Lexi. Yes, Lexi and Hugo, we're going to defeat this. Okay. So... Even if Greg and Travis have to die, <laughs> Lexi and Hugo will come out on the top in the end. Who's on top? Oh, hey, okay, it's been like 150 <laughs> years for me, so we're gonna have okay. to take it slow. Also, we're both 16, and I don't feel comfortable with this. Well, you're 16. I'm like 200 years old. The people frown upon that in society. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the age of consent is in New Jersey in 2003. <laughs> it was probably 16, to be honest. Okay. So, okay, so we can't change all their minds, but we need to maybe change his mind... But do you, is, does the tree have anything to do with this? They're all dancing around this tree. If we destroy the tree, does it stop? Like, well, possibly. I don't know. Sacred ancient tree. It could be housing the power. Was the tree here when you were here last time? Yeah, tree very old, but the trees do that. But did, were they dancing around the tree and stuff last time? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, maybe we just need to kill the principal. Yeah, that's cool. We can do that, too. He is immune to my charms. We need a new principal, anyway. Can't imagine how anyone would be immune to Lexi's charms. I know, right? That's how I knew he was evil. <sighs> okay, so maybe we tried implanting a memory, and if that doesn't work, we kill him. How are you at uh, breaking necks? Uh, you know, I am, like, a pretty strong, I think. I mean, I've been asleep for a while, but that corn is really picking me up. Uh, you like corn, huh? Oh, yeah, sure do. Well, so far, that's the only food that you have fed me, is that massive can uh, of corn. If presented with other options, possibly an orange Julius, I would like that even more. See, the, prob the problem is someone once told... Greg that he was corny, and so he decided oh, that he had to eat a bunch of yeah. corn to live up to that, because then it would literally uh, be corny, and so... You get that you are what you eat, yeah. Yeah. It does make sense. Does it? For what him, it does. Okay. Well, 
Well, I'll get you an Orange Julius, Hugo, if we make this work. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. Uh, so we're going to step one, try to do the memory thing. Step two, that don't work. So we'll snap his neck. Uh, and then uh, we'll just say, fuck it, forget about everyone else in the meantime. Or destroy the tree? We're just gonna run in charge. Okay, the tree is number three. There's like a thousand candles around here. That seems like pretty poor planning on their part. Like, that's what I was thinking, right? It should be easy to burn down the tree. So, but they're gonna make a distraction for uh-huh, us, right? Yes, that's happening. So, when there's a distraction, we swoop in. So, we're not forgetting about them. We're using their plan. Oh, yes. Okay, yes. That sounds good. Okay, we'll do that. Greg makes a distraction. We slip in, grab the you know, principal, principal evil face over there, and you you do your special power things. Yes, perfect. Okay. But when time is right, we will strike. Oh my god, Lexi. Is that fireworks going off over there, or is that just the chemistry between us right now? I mean, it could be both. Your accent is growing on me. Is it? Oh, that might be, oh, that might be the distraction. Hey, butthead! And as you say this and the fireworks are going off, um, everyone in this circle uh, stops their dancing and uh, turns to look at you. And uh, roll me... We'll say, uh, we'll call it charm. Alright. Fifteen. Yeah, so you, uh, can pull off, uh, we'll say, you know, you, you come out, you yell, hey, buttheads, and Principal Rolf looks directly at you, and, and you guys make eye contact, and he is butt naked. You see everything. Uh, but as you make eye contact, he kind of gestures his head towards you. And I would say about half of the adults around this circle take off in a dead sprint towards you. Oh no, the immediate consequences of my actions. It's time for Greg to run. Awesome. Yeah, uh, roll me a flight check. So you take off running and you can't see behind you. If you want to, you can look behind you. But if you don't, the camera in this film in my head will catch just the the flopping, the sheer flopping of the naked adults chasing you. I try and circle back around uh, and rejoin my friends who are hopefully having uh, a lot of success right now. Yes, lead the mom to them. The rest of the group, you see the fireworks, you hear Greg shout out, and you see about half of these people take off towards him in all of their naked glory. I see the floppening, is that what you're saying? The, yes, the floppening, yes. Um, I stand up, because what I think now we need is to distract some of the other people who are here, because... I want to completely pave the way for uh, the uh, the complete takeover of this cult by uh, my friend Lexi. I stand up and I put up one of the phones to my I put my phone to my ear in an almost um, caricature of a, a gesture and say, "Yeah, CNN, you won't believe this." Okay, what goal are you trying to accomplish with that? Uh, I am trying to. 
yeah, I'm trying to anger a bunch of parents, which quite frankly, I'm, I should be really good at. Yeah, you should, you should. So you can go ahead and roll, uh, for you, we'll call it a fight because they are really, you know, you're kind of going at this head on with them. Sure. That's a 10, so plus one is 11. They, uh, you know, some of, they, a lot of them know you from the community and from school, and, and they think you're kind of full of it. But it's enough to, it's enough of a concern. You know, you're, you're one of those kids that's just, you know, just enough to be dangerous. So he does, he's going to send a few of these adults after you. So you won't quite get the other half but maybe a quarter of them can run after you. Okay. And so we'll say left in the center is Principal Rolf, surrounded by one, two, say three, four, five, six of his closest confidants. So while the distractions are, are happening specifically when Travis stands up, can Lexi grab a few candles and try to set the base of the tree on fire? <laughs> Or some of the branches. Yeah, sure. Just from behind, from behind. So it's not like the... since You described it as the principal being surrounded in a small circle. So I would be behind that where he can't see me while they're distracted by Travis. Uh, so we can get a couple things done at the same time. Get the tree, tree hopefully, on fire. Yep, so roll me a flight check to sneak around. This is your captain speaking. Um, and, and what was the adversity token do again? Uh, you can add one by using your adversity tokens. So, plus one? Yep. Okay, so I'm gonna do that. It's 11 plus one, that makes it 12. Yeah, so you are able to sneak around, uh, arms grabbing candles to light this tree uh, ablaze. What do you have Hugo doing with you? Uh, I'm gonna have Hugo help me, and that'll get us behind the tree and behind the principal, so we can hopefully go up behind the principal and his, his buds and get to him uh, af after we start setting this tree on fire. Yeah, so you go to sneak up behind Principal Rolf and you have these candles, you're lighting this central uh, tree on fire, uh, which does take a little bit of time to set something aflame with some candles, so. But, I mean, they set up so many candles, though, like, they did, yeah. You just have them tilted up against this tree, waiting for something to catch. And as you do this, uh, Hugo takes it upon himself to go up behind Rolf and uh, lay his hands on the sides of his head and try to implant this memory. So since you're kind of controlling Hugo right now, he has seven points. All right. You have to roll 2d4 to see if you how many points it'll take for him to implant this memory. Okay. That's a one and a three, so four points. Okay, so he places heads on the on the side of uh, Principal Rolf's head. And what is the memory that you wanted Hugo to place in his head? Uh, I want him to have the memory of uh, him training me to be the new leader of this cult because he's getting tired after so long and so I'm I'm going to be coming in to take his place and he's he's passing his mantle on to me and we've had this this uh, 
momentous event where he's been training me to do that. And so he's going to mm-hmm. have a memory of teaching me how to be a cult leader okay, <laughs> so that I yeah. can take over. <laughs> yes. Um, so he, uh, Hugo, after this, kind of looks weakened by this because he's taken over half of his power just to implant this one uh, memory. So he lets go of him and he kind of visibly slumps down a bit. And Rolf turns to face you and puts his hand hand out and says to you, Lexi, come, join me by my side, my child. Together, we can shape this town into the idyllic community that we both want. I'll step up to him and they can't see Hugo, right? Like, they can't see him? No. Okay. Um, So I I saunter on up. And I look and it's like, do they have to be naked, though? That wasn't what we talked about. That's kind of gross. Uh, yes, uh, the tradition is very important to us. But, you, you know, you're uh, young and in high school, so obviously you don't have to be naked here. I would never impose that on you or ask you to do anything that you didn't feel comfortable doing, Lexi, uh, because I'm an upstanding citizen. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, it's very freeing if you ever want to try it. Maybe in a few years. Uh, Mom says I have to finish college first. Yes, I've been meaning to take care of that mother of yours. What? Uh, I just want to cut real quick to Greg, (laughs) who's being chased by a dozen naked people. And behind you, Greg, they're, they're chasing you, you hear the flopping, and then there's a sudden commotion. And as you look back behind you uh you see mrs pool has somehow procured a weapon and has begun defending you and she looks directly at you and says you were right all along i fucking love the oc i knew it (laughs) we can take him out from the inside i'll hold him off as long as i can thank you mrs pool we'll run off back to my friends uh, who are hopefully now in charge of the cult, as far as I know. And if they're not, then we got bigger problems. Okay. You turn back around the corner. Um, you see Lexi standing uh, with the principal uh, by his side. Um, you see Hugo uh, kind of weakened and um, like leaning up against something behind that. And then... Uh, you also see a number of people, naked people, chasing your buddy, Travis. Okay, so what do we do with this ritual thing? You said I had to see it to understand what you were telling me, and I still don't quite understand what's happening. Oh, well, yes, this is, I guess, your first time hmm? attending in person. But you see, we come here, uh, as I, I taught you previously, we come here... Uh, to worship and draw the power of the children that we've buried in the grounds here at the outlet mall. But why the tree? Oh, well, this is uh, an ancient tree. Uh, Like I've said before, rituals. Uh, We are a community founded on tradition and ritual. Where's Hugo at this moment as I'm standing next to the principal and trying hard to keep my eyes on his face? I imagine he's kind of resting a bit behind you, but ready to spring into action if you look like you're in danger. So I'm, like, tilting my head slightly in a neck motion. <laughs> it's like a, a breaking fashion? Yeah. Just, <laughs> okay. just, like, just like I'm considering this. It's like, 
Oh, well, I mean, killing children is kind of a weird thing to do in the modern age. Like, you'd, you'd think that, that cult practice would evolve with the times. Well, uh, Lexi, if the children could merely fall into line, uh, straighten up, uh, demonstrate the values that you and I and, and the rest of the adults in the community uphold, then well, we wouldn't have to do away with them. Oh, so it's, it's just the riffraff. Exactly. Uh, Unfortunately, like your friend Samantha. Yeah, I mean, we did cheat a lot. Oh, you don't even know the half of it. There were things I doubt she ever told you, so it's unfortunate that we had to kill her, but uh, it's also our means of drawing power so that we can keep the community the way it's been for centuries. Wow, this is a lot of exposition for this ritual moment. Well, I mean, you don't have all of the, the cultists here. They're all... What are they doing anyway? Uh, yes, I believe they are dealing with those other... Uh, friends of yours. I I hate to break it to you, but we're going to have to kill them as well. Oh, that's sad. I kind of like them. <laughs> we'll just say this is a good moment for Hugo to try to snap yes. this guy's neck. <laughs> Hugo will muster up his strength to try and uh, snap a neck here. So the defender rolled higher. So Hugo goes to snap the principal's neck and he grabs his head, like his chin in the back of his head, as you see in the movies, and goes to pull, and his uh, the principal's head just stays perfectly still. And he'll turn his body around and look upon Hugo and say, Well, who set you free? Who are you talking to? This creature here. It's just Miss McRaven. I mean, that's not very nice. Do you want to try to use his power again? <laughs> to make him think it's someone else? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We have three points left, so go oh, ahead no. and try. Mm, come on. Roll One. Okay, so he has implanted in his brain this memory of himself being uh, Miss McRaven. But as he does so, it completely drains him of power, and he just collapses onto the floor. Well, that's strange, Miss McRaven. Well, we'll have to get someone to help. Help here, here, Lexi. Help me help her up. You shouldn't have said such mean things to her, Principal. I mean, like, you know, some people can't take that. Like, no wonder she passed it. They follow you loyally, and you shouldn't say such mean things to them. You're correct. Now, um, <laughs> perhaps tonight could be your f first night completing the, the ritual. Would you like to be the one to sacrifice your friends? Is a knife or something? Like, oh, yes, of course. Ah, so it's like Indiana Jones kind of thing. Cool. Yeah, I just shove my hand into his chest and I rip out their hearts. Really? <laughs> and I shout, Kali Ma. <laughs> <laughs> No, Lexi, you must stop watching those silly movies. <laughs> so we'll say at this point, Greg has ran back into the circle. Uh, I believe the last was Travis. He was running away from about seven uh, people. What's Trav? What's Travis up to? Um, if he's still running from those people, he probably likely has actually called CNN because he's really desperate to get some sort of help out here because all of these parents and adults against three kids seems like really bad odds. 
Yeah. Well, I would imagine that you would get put on hold at CNN. Yeah, probably. But earlier you rolled to call all of these government agencies I did. to see who you could get here. Yep. State police, local FBI. Yes. And someone does show up to your aid. A number of Ford Ranger trucks pulled up with the National Park Service emblem emblazoned on the side. Here come the park rangers. Oh, God, squirrel guy. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, so they come, come speeding up. I mean, this tree is like a probably a protected tree area, and, and it's on fire now. Um, but they, they come pulling up in their Jeeps and their Ford Rangers, and they throw open the door get out rifles on their back as you're running towards them with a group of <laughs> naked adults. I'm waving, help, help, there's a bunch of naked adults. <laughs> uh, and they they uh, kind of point their guns and, and yell at the adults to stand down. Oh, okay. Would you think the adults would stand down? Mm, I suppose it all depends, right? So yeah. it depends on how, I mean... Yeah, depends on how devoted they are. If they're truly devoted to the cause, then they might not. We'll roll some dice to find out. Oh, well, the Parks Department is much more devoted to their job of protecting and serving the local park than, and state parks, and national ones too, than the cultists are to uh, catching you. So they all uh, suddenly come to a stop with their hands up in the air. Awesome. I and then I I, I get behind the the line of forest preserve or, or, or park cops, uh, and I say there's there's more of them inside. They're 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 they had a bunch of candles near this tree. They're gonna burn it down. And uh, upon hearing that a tree may be in danger, their eyes grow <laughs> wide. Some of their jaws drop, and they they spring into action. Some of them. A zip tie, they're zip tying naked adults, uh, and others are, are rushing in to the central courtyard area to defend this poor helpless tree, which has just caught fire, by the way, and is up in flames. And upon seeing this, some of the park rangers drop to their knees <laughs> uh, and, and weep silently for this tree. Uh, but the rest realize that they need to stop the spread of fire to other small shrubs and trees nearby in the courtyard and start working to contain the fire. Lexi, you and the principal see these people, uh, these park rangers rushing in as the tree behind you goes up in flames. And Greg kind of runs in around the corner there too. Lexi, did you figure out how to undeadening Mel Melody yet? What? I, I look at the, the principal and say, do you have the dagger? He's right there. Uh, yes. Uh, here you go, my child, and he'll present you with the dagger. Go, fulfill your destiny. I stabbed the principal. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Roll a fight for me. My fight is not very good. Well, that's okay. Neither is his flight, so... Okay, I got a four on a d4, so I get to reroll, right? Yes. Okay. That's another four. Okay, so you're up to eight, so go ahead and roll again. Plus, you have plus one on both those, because you're a teenager. So that's up to nine? 
Uh, you're up to ten. Oh, ten, because you had the plus one. All right, and then a two, so plus three, so eight plus three is eleven. No, no, ten plus three is thirteen. God, I can't math. Cool, I rolled a two. <laughs> so you can go ahead and narrate how you murder this principal with a knife. Well, I'm trying to save my friends. It's self-defense. So I, um, <laughs> he hands me the knife, and I slip it into his rib cage because I remember my anatomy classes and he like doubles over and looks at me with these these like horrified betrayed eyes and as he as he falls I start screaming help help he was trying to kill me help Um, and as he (laughs) he slumps over and and falls to the ground bleeding out uh, you witness his body aging as if it would have over the past 200 years or so until it's just a dead, rotting skeleton in front of you. I can't believe I got two fours on that. The joy of exploding dice. Yes, I got to murder. You found a way. Uh, I'm going to head back in now that the um, the zip ties and whatnot are being strung out of here. I, I'm going to pa- mention in passing while I am go, oh, uh, Mrs. Thomas, you have a birthmark there. Who knew, right? I'm just going to keep rolling and at that point some of them actually look they didn't look embarrassed by being naked before almost as if you know they were in some sort of cult-like trance but now they actually look as if they are shamed Lexi goes up to Greg and she's like waving at park rangers and pointing back at uh, the principal's dead body she's like oh he, he, he tried to kill me he was gonna kill me and and he fell and he's dead I think he's dead I think he's dead but he was gonna kill me just like playing into that well she is actually terrified but she's also playing it up a bit mm-hmm. scared teenager <laughs> she just killed yeah. a person she's scared um, and then she goes up to Greg and she puts her hand on his shoulder and says heroes just for one day is that a reference to something? I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> it was in the movie. God. The replacements? Never mind. You make me sad. Anyway, we we, we figure out how to how to save Sam and uh, Melody yet? We can't. I we can't. They're dead, and they're buried over here somewhere by the I guess by the tree because he said they buried them here. We just saw them. <laughs> We just saw it. That can't be right. They can't they be right. they were zombies. But there's other dead kids. He said that there are a bunch of dead kids and they were going to come after you next. Yeah, but Sam and Melly were only mostly dead. They zombies, Greg. No. Like, it was a code Romero. Remember? Greg is refusing to accept this. Uh, as he starts looking around desperately for what some sort of book that he he thinks that he'll be able to find or whatever he can do just anything he can do to try to bring Melody back and unfortunately I don't think Greg finds a way so um if I might as a conspiracy theorist I'm a treasure hunter mm-hmm. and so I'd like to spend uh, adversity token yep. and find the cult's secret book okay yeah I'm going to hand it to Lexi. Maybe there's something in here. You found it while you were rifling through. You remember there being like a, like a small book while you were rifling through the pants and you thought it maybe was just like an address book, but you it, it struck you as being when you touched it 
leathery in nature. And when you go back to retrieve it, you realize it's like bound in human skin. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that's gross. Here you go. Uh, You're the cult leader. It's not the worst thing tonight. That's right. I am. I don't have much of a cult anymore, but maybe you guys can be my cult now. And I'll start gingerly looking through the book. Yeah, you find a spell in the book that you think might be able to bring some of your friends back. It does require four people to complete the ritual. And then you hear Hugo gasping for air on the floor as his unconscious body lays nearby. Um, Travis, can you first do first aid kind of stuff? I know you got all those kits in your bunker. Do you know how uh, to yeah, do that? Yeah, I can that? try to help him out. Um, I guess I'll, um, I'll take out this little, like, first aid kit from my knapsack. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, I don't know, try to I'll probably try to like wipe his face with alcohol. Yeah. To, to, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Roll me a brains check. Brains. That is a 12. So you, uh, you're kind of trying to, you have one of the, you have the smelling salts mm-hmm. in your bag and you're trying to wake him up, but he isn't quite coming around. He seems to be coming to a little bit and then. You can hear him whisper something. You lean closer and you hear him say, Corn. Um, Corn. I I keep an emergency stash of corn on me at all times. Friend, friend, you know, the sharing size, Mm -hmm. much like Greg had mentioned. And and yes, I'll uh, open it up and begin gently feeding him pieces of corn. And uh, he, he feels revitalized. The corn seems to be some sort of source of energy for him as he is. is he, he awakens and comes to as you're feeding him the corn. Nice. Did we do it? Did we kill him? Yeah. 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 He's gone, but we, we need your help to try to get some of our friends back. We found something that might bring them back. Maybe. Okay, yes. Uh, it would seem that your friends probably have not been dead for too too long so we can probably bring them back well two of them anyway okay okay yeah sure just we'll just bring those two back the melody one and the samantha one that was i don't think we can bring the other one back i don't know that jesse wants to come back oh yes that's a good good one he kind of went to pieces and whose fault was that cult people who murdered him and turned him into a zombie that's right yeah that's fair that's fair Alright, so I guess I should lead this ritual thing since I'm the cult leader. <laughs> yeah, sure. And and this is a no nudity cult, just so we know. Greg was just take, taking his pants off. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the no, same for you. Hugo's no. also already got his shirt off. I'm glad we thought the same thing, Diesel. Oh, well, H- H- Hugo, you can keep your shirt off, that's okay, but no, no, no nudity. Okay, so... Uh, yes, we hold hands now. Does it say to hold hands? Uh, I don't know, but we hold hands now, I think. that uh, it's If it's not written in there, it probably should be. <laughs> okay, I guess we do that, and I'll start the ritual. Okay, yes. yes, hold hands. This is just a trick, isn't it? I look over at you, 
at Yuko. You just want to hold her hand, man. It's just fine. I don't know what to talk about, Wink. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Join up hands and then um, I'll follow the lead. Alright, cult leader. What does a ritual to bring two dead teenagers that were undead and were, were alive, then dead, then undead, then redeaded back to life? Right, so I, I think there's um, a long, complicated chant, um, but, you know, she Lexi took Latin because she's in the advanced classes at school because Harvard, um, so she can figure it out after a few tries, um, and she, after the first round through, tries to get everyone else to join in with varying degrees of success. And the, the ritual also involves... Uh, you have to be underneath a particular constellation, like you have to be able to see this particular constellation as you're doing the ritual. And we're holding hands, as Hugo suggested. Not sure if that's part of the ritual, but, you know, it seemed like a good idea anyway. And you have to chant the people's names you're trying to bring back five times each. And then you have to say the spell backwards, and that brings them back. Yeah, that, that totally checks out. How would they, how do you think they'd return... Well, I imagine we don't know if they've returned or not yet because we left them down the road mm -hmm. when we swerved around them. So I, I think we get back in the car and drive down to try to find them, but also being very careful with the doors locked in case we need to floor it, in, in case it didn't work. And um, we, we find them just sort of sitting on the side of the road looking dazed and looking around and not sure what's happening yeah. or why they're there. And Melody's tending to Sam's crushed femurs. And so so I'll pull up slowly alongside them and just look through the, like, roll down the window and look through the... Sam? What? Melody? Lexi? What, hap what happened? We need help. Do you have your cell phone on you? Oh, yeah, I've got a bunch. Sam's legs are broken. I, she, she thinks she. What happened? She thinks she got hit by a car. Oh no! What are you two doing out here? Quick, Travis, call call nine one one. I pick up the phone and dial for emergency services. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Uh, I've got a volleyball player here who's broken both of her. Say no more. Uh, don't worry. We can triangul triangulate your location from your phone. Oh, no, I know. No, no, I know. You know exactly where I'm at, don't you? Uh, yes, the uh, police services are... Well, they're already on their way, so we'll just have them stop there on their way. Interesting. <laughs> I'm going to go out and help them try to, you know, ease her. I'm going to, you know, give out whatever painkillers I might have in the first aid. I'm sure she's in a lot of pain. Yeah, yes, she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and emergency services will arrive after a short a short while. Oh, uh, by the way, Melody. Greg, is that you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's a lot has uh, happened since last uh, time I saw you. Yeah, well, it hasn't been that long, has it? We just had class together the other day. I just meant, like, emotionally. Oh, just like a, like... Uh, yeah, yeah. I know, I'm, I know exactly. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Well, so weird seeing you out here. Yeah, I, I know. Like, um, uh, so you want to hang out sometime? Uh, oh, um, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, maybe we could go to a, a movie. Um, yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, well, I don't have a cell phone yet, but uh, I can give you my number and you can call my landline. Uh, yeah, uh, me, me neither. I don't have a cell phone either, but yeah, here. And then he's going to pull up a piece of paper that hey, she wrote the, the note on because um, he doesn't have any <laughs> pieces of paper and uh, ask her to write it on there. Her face goes just bone white. <laughs> Oh, um, where did you, where did you get this? Uh, I, I just I just like found it. It, it it's okay. I I like you too. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, here, yeah, here's my number. Okay, all right. Thanks, Melody. Oh, I'll, I'll okay. see you soon. Wait, are you gonna stay? I I just have to go back and talk to Hugo real quick. I just I I'm so I'm so embarrassed. Okay, I have to. I'm gonna just kind of enjoy. Greg's complete social fumble here and his inability to to, to deal with, you know, the emotions of yeah. it. But I'm gonna be for the I'm gonna be there for him as a friend. Greg appreciates that and really this during this entire time is appreciated. Travis listening to his ideas and making him feel really like part of the team and giving him, you know, trusting with a lot of responsibility and just feels a lot closer to Travis during this entire time. Meanwhile, Lexi is mentally drawing up a list of rules for her new, her new cult. This is not going to help her megalomania at all. Nope, and you've and you've tasted blood now. You've killed before mm. now, so now we know you're capable. <laughs> Arson and murder. Uh, Greg does feel a little bit better about Lexi because when it came down to it, uh, she didn't knife him. She knifed the principal. <laughs> 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 But I was really good at acting like it was going to be you, right, Greg? Yeah. Yeah, they, I, I should get the lead role in Drama Club next semester. Yeah, it was a good prank. You're you're pranking with the best of them. Aw, thanks. You're so sweet. I'll be in my bunker. Hey, Jane Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> and with the defeat of the cult of witches and warlocks, they've had their hold on this town for 200 years. Or as Hugo would say, like 150 or 200 years or something. Yeah, you guys are free. Like, people can leave the town. Uh, you hadn't noticed it before. Well, it's it, it had been noted that people never leave, but uh, truly you couldn't leave before. But now you can if your characters wanted to. Like, after high school, of course. <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean, I gotta go to Harvard, so... I mean, I'm probably going to join the NSA or something like that. Going to join them? Oh, you know the funny thing about the NSA, right? It's full of it's full of people like me. Well, I'm just going to try and expand my cult at Harvard. Get some of those brainy people in. And yeah, I, that concludes our game of Kids on Bikes. Woo! Okay, so I have a couple of questions mm -hmm. just so we can post-op it. Yeah. Al, as your um, first time recording with us this time, what did you what did you find enjoyable about Kids on Bikes as far as the system portion? What do you what did you enjoy about it? Oh, I like that um, we all had uh, an opportunity to add to the background and create NPCs and say things that we thought would be interesting, so that the game could be focused on what we all were doing here at the table, um, as opposed to something that. You know, Miranda had prepared like very strictly ahead of time and said we had to go and do. We could we could improvise a lot easier around that, and that made it a lot of fun. 
Yes, I, I see a lot of trends in the cooperative storytelling market have played themselves out here. And there's a lot of fun there. Rena, what did you enjoy about Kids on Bikes? Yeah, I really liked the the kind of open nature of it. That's not something I get to see very often um, in a, a TTRPG, especially in a podcast setting. And I also liked just how much of like character stuff and and even plot points were us doing things and Miranda going along with what we decided to do, even when it came to things like NPCs and so on, so that we could really you know, shape the story and have fun, but also tell our story. So it didn't feel like, uh, some games feel like an audiobook where you're just following what the narrator tells you to do. And this is completely the opposite of that, which, which is a lot of fun. And I also like the dice mechanics. They're really simple. They're really easy. Uh, you could have a really good, fun time with this, uh, with this system, I think, even with people who've never role played before. Yeah, I think for me, I like the ability to draw off of what other people are doing. And so it, there almost feels, it almost feels like there's this wheel of actions that just kind of keep going. Like this person's going to do this and, oh, well, that's cool. Well, I'm going to play off of that and do this. And I think that's a lot of fun. I think it's something that keeps the game fresh. And quite honestly, both episodes flew by for me time-wise. So uh, that's always nice too. And um, you did a great job of assisting us in leading the storytelling, uh, Miranda. So thank you for your time. Yeah, it was a good time. And uh, thanks to our backers for picking Kids on Bikes. I hope uh, you all enjoy what you're what you're hearing, and uh, we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.